the preferred vehicle or the preferred entity would be uh, an LLC, and ideally a single member LLC. So that's, and this is one of the kind of subtle, quick little items too, when you're just getting started that a lot of investors are just not really aware of. Welcome. This is the Hot Real Estate Investing Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping others through real estate investing. Our hosts interview guests from all aspects of real estate investing who generously share valuable experiences and advice. Whether you're starting out or an experienced investor, this is the show for you. How's it going? My name is Travis Shelton and welcome to the Hot Real Estate Investing Podcast where I interview guests who want to help others investing in real estate. Today, I'm extremely proud and uh, excited to share with you guys my personal tax advisor, uh, Justin Shore, an expert in real estate tax, an avid investor, and a tax advisory manager for Hall CPA. Justin, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Excited to be here. Yeah, well, can you give our audience just a little bit more about yourself, maybe your 30-second elevator pitch about yourself and your real estate focus? Sure. Um, you know, I've been investing in real estate for probably probably about eight years now. It's always been area of interest for me. And, uh, you know, being on the tax side, I was always attracted to a lot of the tax benefits that, um, that, I, that I would see with my clients there. Uh, a few years ago, I started specializing, honing in and doing uh, pretty much nothing but real estate uh, consulting for tax clients. And now that's that's all I do on a daily basis. Oh, that's awesome. And obviously a huge help to myself and I'm sure a ton of other real estate investors out there. Um, we always start these podcasts off with a little bit of motivation. So can you share with our audience the motivational quote you brought with us, brought today? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how much uh, people would probably look at it as much as like a motivational kind of quote uh, as much as I would. As uh, when I look up at the clouds, I see so many animals, mostly sheep who have lost their limbs and heads. Um, there's actually a comedian named Dimitri Martin that said that. I have a, kind of an odd sense of humor, but I've always looked at that. You, you don't need to necessarily you know, create something or make something uh, out of a situation that, that isn't there. You can still kind of look at it as making it your own uh, without having to get like, I don't know, overly creative with it, I guess. <laughs> so looking at it from a creative yet simplistic standpoint. Okay, very nice. Yeah, I had not heard that or I actually didn't know the comedian either, but I was thinking it had something to do with a, a quote I love that's lions don't lose sleep over the thought of sheep. And I was like, oh, maybe it has something to do with that. <laughs> but uh, clearly not. But uh, thanks for <laughs> thanks for bringing that to the audience today. Sure. So let's dive right in. And how can you help our audience of real estate investors? Sure. It'd be a little self-serving uh, to say, but definitely it can go a long way is we, we do a lot with tax planning. So the key in that is trying to get in front of concepts and get ahead of things. There's always uh, way more options available to investors if it's before something has already occurred or especially before the tax year has ended. So we like to focus on being extremely proactive with clients. And that's where I would, you know, typically advise someone to consult with, you know, their tax advisor really as early on in the process as possible and focus on what can enable you to actually achieve your goals. And that's a big thing that we focus on is not necessarily just, okay, how many properties can you buy or something simplistic like that, but really what is important to you? And then, you know, how can we help you achieve those goals? Great. So what you're telling me is we're recording this. It's it's the middle of February, but you know that April fifteenth deadline's pretty quick. This is obviously too late in the game to really tax plan, right? 
Uh, most of the time, there's a few things, you know, that you can do after year end. I think a lot of the, the usual stuff that people kind of hear about, like contributing to IRAs and, um, you know, things of that nature. Uh, for the most part, when we're talking about real estate, usually uh, the majority of what you could do has already transpired. But sometimes there is going to be, a, there could be a little bit more that you could do as far as going back and trying to get your records all neat and organized and potentially like things like finding invoices to get more detail and stuff like that for your tax preparer, you know, you could potentially be doing right now. Yeah, that was something I definitely learned early on that tax planning happens year round, right? And before every property or, or before every decision, really, there's things that you can learn and, and things that you might be able to do a little bit smarter if you have the right team of CPAs on your side to kind of help advise you. So to those people that maybe don't want to pay for a CPA or, or they think a CPA to do their, their taxes is, is expensive, help me understand, can everybody write off uh, their CPA or their tax advisor expenses on their personal taxes? Yeah, I'd say by and large, you know, as long as you have some kind of business activity that, uh, you know, that, that you're reporting, you know, what we typically do is uh, some form of allocation, you know, depending on how much of the cost is really truly associated with being able to file the, the business side of the taxes. In general, a lot of the, you know, quote unquote, personal related types of expenses won't be deductible. Um, but definitely, you know, having your taxes prepared for your business is definitely going to be a necessity for your business. So it's going to be an expense over there. In, in general, the business side of your tax return is usually the more complicated and typically the more costly side of it. So the majority of it most likely is going to be something that would be tax deductible. You know, a lot of people tuning in today might not be full time in real estate. Are there still strategies that those individuals can use that would be financially beneficial to them or utilizing someone like yourself services? Yeah, absolutely. And really, I would say the probably the majority of our clients actually are not full time in real estate. We do have a lot of clients who are, but there's definitely some strategies that are really fruitful and useful to um, to people that are just kind of dabbling in it almost, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, a lot of that frames around like what your goals are. I was, a lot of times I say like what you like to do, what you'd actually enjoy doing with real estate, but you can definitely be doing it as a a part-time sort of situation because I think a lot of investors and definitely know for me, especially it was, you know, this was kind of a, okay, I'm going to invest in rental properties, but sort of do it on the side, so to speak. Um, and then that is one of the beautiful benefits of rental real estate is you could have a full-time W2 job and be, you know, carrying on this, you know, quote unquote side gig a little bit as well and still be harvesting a lot of the benefits. Yeah, definitely. And something I've uh, personally done myself, um, maybe for someone that hasn't yet started investing in real estate, but wants to. And, you know, I know everybody's an individual case, but let's just say they're somewhat of a high net worth individual. Let's just say about $100,000 a year. So not quite accredited status, but they want to save money in taxes. They're in a decently high tax income bracket, and they're like buying another rental property, inherit another rental property. Maybe one of the quickest or easiest ways to save or to keep more money from the taxes. Sure. Absolutely. I would say probably one of the, uh, a lot of times we try to avoid the uh, saying that, it, that it's easy necessarily, but definitely okay. I want to, sometimes what I say is what's the lighter lift? Uh, okay. would definitely be investing in a, uh, a short-term rental, I would say, because as okay. far as the ability to buy just really frankly fewer units, which because mm -hmm. especially for somebody that 
is in that kind of income range, you're probably focusing more on really trying to get the most bang for their buck. Um, and they're not ne maybe necessarily somebody who's going to be buying like five rental properties every single year or something like that. So they really need to try and like, uh, you know, strategically place their capital. I would say short-term rentals are a really, really great area for that. Really for a couple of reasons. I mean, on the investment side, typically they do cash flow higher than something like a traditional long-term rental would. But also it's one of the main uh, areas that they can tap into some very significant tax benefits while still maintaining that, that uh, you know, full-time non-real estate related type of job like we were talking about. No, definitely. And uh, I know that's one thing you've helped me and my wife out personally on is kind of transitioning some long-term rentals into short-term rentals to, to be able to, to benefit from some of those tax savings. Another question I, I regularly get asked is, is about LLCs and the legal entities required for real estate. You know, so what type of legal entity should should I use for my real estate properties? Are, are there benefits between one or the other? And just help me out there a little bit. Sure, absolutely. And this, this is an area we get a lot, a lot of questions on um, over at, um, at the Real Estate CPA. And um, I even have a lot of my uh, colleagues here just in the local area, like where I invest as well. They're asking me this question a lot. I would say the preferred vehicle or the preferred entity would be uh, an LLC. Now, ideally a single member LLC. So that's, and this is one of the kind of subtle, quick little items too, when you're just getting started that a lot of investors are just not really aware of. Now it's definitely worth talking to an attorney about what some of the actual legal ramifications are and what the legal protections are. Of course, you know, my focus being more on the tax efficiency side of things. Mm -hmm. The beauty of the single member LLC, why we prefer that one, it's the most efficient because it's actually considered a quote unquote disregarded entity for tax purposes, which quite is, is kind of what it sounds like where it's pretty much ignored for taxes. So mm -hmm. uh, the big thing there is that it prevents you from having to file any additional returns because if you have a partnership, which partnership is going to just be two or more people, you would have to file a partnership tax return in addition to your personal tax return. So that can bring your tax preparation costs up pretty significantly. Because like I mentioned before, those business forms are typically a lot more complicated than the individual forms are. So that can raise your costs considerably. Also, mm -hmm. the other big thing there with LLCs is the main thing is we want to make sure that there's not rental property that's being held through any kind of a corporation. So the C corporations and the S corporations are the big ones that we're, that we're talking about there. And I would say the error or the misstep that we see very prevalently is for rental properties to be placed inside of an S corporation. It, sometimes that advice comes from um, an attorney, uh, a fellow investor, you know, friend, colleague that maybe isn't very familiar with the tax implications. Um, or uh, we've actually seen that recommended by some uh, CPAs who just aren't very familiar with the subtle nuances in the tax code as they relate to the rental properties. So, but uh, if there was one big key takeaway <laughs> regarding to entities, I'd say um, if anybody, you know, attorney or CPA is suggesting that you hold your rental property inside of an S corporation, um, ask a lot more questions and ask, okay. ask for some, you know, some supporting information, whether it's citations, tax court cases, something along those lines, because 99% of the time it's going to be very detrimental to your tax plan. Okay, so keep it simple, keep it single member LLC. And in a state like Arizona that I live in, 
those community states, you still might see both people like husband and wife on that single member LLC. That's correct, right? That is correct. There are a handful of states. There's nine, somewhat 10, but for the most part, nine states <laughs> that are considered community property states. Essentially uh, provide this exemption from a partnership filing if the two partners are spouses. So, okay. but that, that's the only scenario where you uh, would be able to have the two, have two members on the LLC and avoid a partnership filing. Definitely. Just wanted to clarify that because I know all mine's passed through, but both uh, myself and my wife are, t are traditionally on those LLCs. A lot of people are getting started in this world and they might be thinking, hey, I, I've heard that flipping houses or wholesaling properties are, is really lucrative and maybe a little bit easy way to get going as compared to maybe you know, buying and holding a property or a rental property. Can you just real quickly kind of talk through the tax implications of maybe a little bit shorter of a hold period versus a, a longer hold period in those two examples? Sure, sure. Yeah. And that's, um, that's a good tie in too, just to the kind of, you know, circle back to the entity question a little bit there too, is, um, you know, when we're talking about any kind of active trader business or non-passive trader business, um, like if you're wholesaling or flipping houses, for example, the IRS views that as a different kind of activity. It is still real estate related, so you're still in that same sort of industry. But as far as the type of income that those activities produce is, is very different from rental income. So okay. the, the first big thing is that the rental activity is going to be passive. And one of the big benefits that we receive from that, that passive income is the fact that um, it's not subject to self-employment taxes. And whereas when you are doing a project like a wholesale or, uh, or flipping a house, that's actually considered ordinary income and it's also considered earned income, which is kind of an odd term. <laughs> it sounds like how can you have income if it's not earned? Uh, but that is one of the goofy <laughs> terms the IRS uses to confuse a lot of us. Uh, but that earned income will be subject to self-employment taxes. Now, okay. why exactly does that matter? Well, self-employment taxes can be an additional 15.3% on top of your federal income tax rate. So like what you were saying before, if you're making 100000 somewhere around there, your federal income tax rate for, say, like a married filing joint couple with that kind of income it's, it's going to be about, uh, you're going to be in a 22% tax bracket. But this mm -hmm. self-employment tax is actually in addition to that 22%. So that's definitely something you want to plan for and anticipate definitely. for holding a little bit of reserve uh, for being able to like p to pay your taxes uh, come, come springtime. <laughs> no, that's, that's great. And yeah, I mean, that's a huge tax uh, concern, you know, about 37% if you go and wholesale or flip a property as opposed to maybe some of the more long-term tax implications of, of holding on to a property. And now maybe a little bit more of an advanced question for our audience, but one that, that I actually got yesterday, as I mentioned beforehand, was I've heard if you claim bonus depreciation, and we know there's a step down on bonus depreciation currently now at 80%, do I have to pay that back? What are kind of the implications of bonus depreciation and having to potentially pay some of that that back and and how does that look on maybe like a bigger apartment syndication perhaps or even just like a short-term rental perhaps can you help me with that one sure sure so you know a lot of times we'll kind of uh, the way i've always liked to look at depreciation it's kind of like getting a no interest loan from the government because in a way you do have to pay it back some later point in time so sometimes we we call these temporary differences as well 
because uh, they, they are exactly that. They're temporary. But um, there are several different considerations to, to throw into the mix there with depreciation and that when you buy a property and whether you're taking straight line depreciation or if you're using a cost segregation study so that you can take all the accelerated depreciation through bonus, um, is that if you were to sell the property down, say it's five, six, seven years down the road and you were to sell the property, um, you'll experience what's called depreciation recapture. Um, and that's the quote unquote, you know, paying it back concept that comes into play. But the reason why I'd say it's a no interest loan, so to speak, <laughs> is that if you use those deductions, and again, depending on your the, all the rest of the details in your personal situation, if that generates some tax savings for you, say maybe that puts another $10,000 back into your pocket, the question then becomes, what do you do with that $10,000 in savings? If you take that and you were to say reinvest it, maybe that's half the down payment for the next $100,000 property that you acquire, something along those lines. How much can you earn? Like basically what's your rate of return on that $10,000 investment over the next five, six, seven years? Because then even if you do experience that depreciation recapture and have to pay it back in tarum, you'll have earned some amount of return on, frankly, cash you wouldn't have had because otherwise it just would have been going Uncle Sam. And, you know, well, we like to believe we can do a lot more useful things with it probably than the government can. <laughs> um, I think we all can. Yeah, I think that's a guarantee. <laughs> absolutely. And then you have the alternatives. Of course, that's what the issue that comes up if you were to, say, sell the property Obviously, if you just continue to hold the property and you never sell it, you're not going to experience recapture. But the, the secondary option around that is, and I don't know if we want to get too far into that today, but um, there is an option where if you were to reinvest the proceeds from the sale of your property into a new property, a different property, mm -hmm. you can do what's called a 1031 exchange. And that allows you to defer not just the depreciation recapture, but also the gains, the capital gains that you have on the appreciation of the property going up in value. Kind of point being is there's a lot of options there to kind of avoid that, that one drawback. Hi, my name is Chris Hallam of Simplicity Lending Group and powered by Nexa Mortgage. I'm a trusted and experienced loan officer who will work with you to find the best mortgage options for your needs. From first time home buyers to experienced investors, I have a wide variety of loan options and competitive rates, which makes me the perfect choice for those who are in need of creative financing. Contact me today and take the first step towards financial stability. I want to now throw you into the hot seat. Are you ready? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right. We like to ask all our guests uh, the, the same final four hot questions, and we'll kick it off with what is one book you'd recommend to someone wanting to know more about real estate investing? Sure. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned Tom Wheelwright because um, he's always been one of my favorite business tax authors um, because I mean, his books are really well written, really well researched, but uh, also yeah, I think he does a really good job of, you know, being able to frame everything uh, related to all the tax discussions in there in, in a way that someone who's not a tax ex expert can, can really understand. So that's been one of the books that I have recommended to a ton of my clients over the years is really any of Tom Wheelwright's books, but Tax-Free Wealth is a really, really good one to read, especially yeah. if you're just getting started. Okay, definitely. Great recommendation. What's your favorite productivity tip or trick or maybe some sort of act or hap that uh, might be able to help a real estate investor? Sure, sure. Um, 
Yeah, so it's, I, I'm a huge Microsoft Excel nerd. Um, I, I love that program. <laughs> so uh, as far as like software and hacks and things like that go, um, I've actually you know, shared this with a lot of the people here at the firm. There is a, a function built into there. If you find yourself, you know, having to type the same thing in repetitively, whether it's, you know, you're building your pro formas and you're typing out net operating income uh, so you can have it look all nice and polished when you take it to your banker to present this deal that you want to close or something like that is you can cr basically create shortcuts in there for yourself by going into the settings and modifying the autocorrect options. And it's intended to be for like, if, you know, the usual stuff, if you type the word little, but you put three T's instead of two T's in the middle on accident, it'll automatically mm -hmm. correct that. Um, you can go in there and manually create one that says, uh, you know, NOI, uh, make that automatically autocorrects to net operating income with all the letters capitalized where you want them and stuff like that. So, um, I, I always joke it's a bit of a oh, lazy shortcut. <laughs> but I like those. Those are some of my favorites. Yeah, no, yeah. I didn't know about that. And, uh, I like it too, for maybe words you regularly misspell or something, uh, or just mistype. I think we probably all have those handful. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to start utilizing that tip. I, I have not used that yet. What's your biggest real estate mistake or failure, and what did you learn from that experience? Yeah, that's a that's an interesting one. I mean, I've had my fair share of just kind of you know, like little mistakes, bumps in the road, uh, things like that, crazy maintenance stories and, and stuff. But as far as like, I would say big big mistakes. It's kind of I, I don't know if it's too hard to say, but uh, you know, choosing the wrong partner, <laughs> and yeah, um, and that kind of goes hand in hand with. <laughs> not writing the best operating agreements or making it, uh, you know, as, as clear as possible. So like I mentioned before, uh, you know, dealing with certain types of entities and things, you always, always want to do tons of planning on that. Ever since then, I've always uh, encouraged my clients to uh, basically in any partnership scenario, think of everything that could go wrong, you know, in the partnership, <laughs> figure out and then and figure out before you start how you would want to handle that, write that into the operating agreement. You know, that, that way you're not getting three years down the road and, and running into a situation where there's uh, lots of, you know, butting heads and things like that over that. So long story short, like too many details, uh, just got myself into a, a situation where uh, my workload far outweighed the interest that I was receiving in the partnership <laughs> because I didn't think about how it would work in year two, year three. I was too focused on the first year, so... Yeah, definitely a wonderful advice and, and some advice I wish you would have uh, provided to me a few years ago before entering <laughs> my, my own bad partnership once upon a time. Uh, and finally, Justin, if you could be remembered for one thing, uh, what would it be? I would definitely say my sense of humor. Um, I'm definitely okay. a big people person, but I like to keep things light and kind of joke around a little bit. So um yeah, it says probably my one big thing. <laughs> nice. You usually don't hear comedy and CPAs together, so that's 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 a good one to have in your line of work. Absolutely. Um, usually, usually something like closet case introvert. <laughs> that's yeah. <laughs> so. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. And, and I know you shared so much knowledge and, and value to our audience. If uh, the hot REI community wants to connect with Justin, you can at the real estate CPA.com backslash Justin Shore. Um, and also at the tax smart real estate investor podcast, we'll be sure to include those uh, contacts and information in our show notes. Um, this was a lot of fun. And uh, like I said, I'm wearing green. We'll probably share this around uh, St. Patrick's Day, right? You know, about a month before tax season. 
Um, I think you shared a lot of information to our audience, you know, of those just getting started and how they might be able to save on taxes. Also, uh, that, you know, some of the real estate expenses for CPAs and tax preparation can be written off to tax plan early and often when you're looking into real estate. Um, and me personally, you guys, you have to have people on your team, a real estate CPA or someone that invests in real estate that's going to be doing your tax planning. And, and also uh, that's going to be there as a true uh, advisor. Uh, I utilize Justin and his services and his team uh, regularly to, to shoot emails to, to schedule meetings with. And before I do any kind of deal, I'm always trying to identify how can I save more on taxes and keep more money of the money that I earn. So thank you again for tuning in today and commit to take action this week to move your investing forward. Take care and God bless. Thank you for listening to the Hot Real Estate Investing Podcast. Check out our website, hotrei.com for additional content and resources. And please take a moment to subscribe and leave a review so we can continue to bring even more value to others through real estate investing.